Christians, we want to say thank you for being here. Uh, these are the greatest people in the world at Valley Community. And I invite you to enjoy the people here. We also want to invite you to really understand that we serve a God who is the creator, but the God who is the creator does want to be your friend. He does want to spend time with you. He loves you. He looks at you through the work of Christ. God is the perfect friend. He has done nothing wrong. To know a friend like that is very special. And so my passion in the years of 2021, in the teaching that I'm doing and all the series that I'm doing that's going to last through the year, I want you to understand that we have a God that loves us. We have a God that sent his only son. The father sent his only son. He shed his blood, took stripes on his back for your healing and for your salvation so that you can join into a relationship. That relationship has many different aspects, different, different ways, different understandings of how we relate with God. And today we're going to talk about can I really hear God? You know, you, you, you talk with people and, and they say, you know, the Lord was telling me yesterday. And you're going, how does that happen? Because you have been maybe brought up in a church or a place, a Bible study, a home group, whatever it is, that really hasn't taught about that we serve a God that is very friendly a God that just wants to spend time with you. Just imagine with me. It's hard to really comprehend this. Here's a God that can be friends, close, intimate friends with everybody. And it's personal. And what God is trying to do for you as an individual is to invite you to be personal back with him, spending time with him. We began this series on having breakthroughs in areas of our life. I gave you a prophetic word that what the Holy Spirit spoke to me about breakthroughs that we at Valley Community Church, those who attend, those that watch on screen, there's going to be breakthroughs for you in five areas, in your faith, in your family, in your finances, in freedom, and in downright fun, having fun in life. <clears throat> a tendency as believers is to be so spiritually minded, we're no earthly good. And God wants to laugh with you, he wants to cry with you, but he also wants you just to enjoy one another, and that's what we do at Valley, and uh, we're going to have the the time in September, we're going to create times of just downright fun. And because we are spiritual, our fun is spiritual. And it is, you know, the Bible talks about greeting each other with a holy kiss. And it's not really talking about kissing one another. It's just basically talking about, you know, just a, the kiss of life, of relationship, of fun, of prayer, of care, all the different aspects of really touching one another in areas of our lives so that we can be in agreement 
and see God do what he has promised. Also, in this prophetic realm that I gave you, uh, the Lord told me in 2021 and 2022, there are going to be two areas of your individual lives that you know you need a breakthrough, other than the five I gave you. And you're the one that's to choose that. You have that list. Uh, next week, we won't be putting it in your bulletin. But So let's continue talking about faith. We've been talking about faith, what it is, how do you build faith in your life, and basically what you will learn in every area from faith, family, finances, and so on. It is really about relationship. Faith is how to have a relationship with God, spending time with him, hearing God and his word. And when you do that, faith arises. So let me say it another way. So in other words, to have faith, we must have relationship with God and his word. We need to spend time with God and his word. So we're talking about God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So again, how can I hear God? And that's where we're going to pinpoint today. How do you hear God? It's the number one question that believers ask. <clears throat> and the number one thing that the unbeliever backs away from a believer because we talk about hearing God. And a lot of times when we talk about hearing God, we do hear God. We're born again. We have a spirit that is brand new. The Holy Spirit resides in our spirit, and we do hear God. But we don't know how to explain it. Sometimes we don't even know how it takes place. So I'm going to give you again, I'm being very practical in this whole series, I'm going to give you four ways to hear God. What Scripture tells us, four ways how we hear God. First of all, the first one is you hear God through his word. God reveals himself and speaks through his word, or let's just be a little bit more spiritual, through scripture, through the Bible. Realize that what the Bible is, God wrote an autobiography of himself, and the book is called the Bible. To know God and who he is, his autobiography, is you must know the Bible. You must get in the Bible and read the Bible, the Word of God. Hearing God also is not a formula. I'm not trying to give you a formula. We, the tendency in life today, because of all the, the digital information Everything's a formula. You want to lose weight, here's a formula. You want, to, you want to get rich, here's a formula. You want to do this, here's a formula. And I'm not trying to give you a formula. I'm trying to give you relationship with God. Everyone say relationship. Relationship, relationship with God. That relationship is with a person, not a thing. Not this aura or this cloud in the sky you know, and, and, and you must read the word to know the person. The Bible tells us how he walks, how he talks, how he lies down, how he rises up, 
how he thinks, how he acts. It gives us his personality. It gives us his character, how he behaves. How many of you would like to know how God behaves? You get in the Word of God, you'll find out. So if you want to hear God, you must know God. And to know God, you must read his Word. So the primary way we get to know God is through the Bible. Now last week, we talked about the 30-minute breakthrough, which could start at 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, can go longer than 30. It's not a formula. It's a time frame that you spend with the Lord. So in the secret place from last week, remember this, we need to clear our mind quiet your soul. We need to focus our mind to worship. We need to pray your mind. And you pray what you're thinking, what's on your heart, what's on your mind. And to renew your mind, and this is what we're talking about today, diving in the Word of God. Now, I also needed to say last week, I forgot to say this. Why? Because I didn't write it down. And uh, sometimes I just can't clear my mind. You ever been there when you've gone in to be with the Lord? You just cannot clear your mind. Some of you type A personalities, it's almost impossible to clear your mind because that's how you're gifted. You think things through. I've learned just to start with step two to worship, to set my heart in worship, to to just begin to worship the Lord and to think about how great he is. So when I do that, my mind then begins to clear, but I'm still growing in that. Let me just tell you, I'm still growing, church. I'm your pastor, but I'm still growing. And guess what? Don't be so spiritual with me. So are you. You're still growing. So the conclusion If you can't do step one in the sacred place, then go immediately to step two, worship, and spend time in that worship. Let me just tell you, sometimes things are going so fast in my life that all I can do is worship at that time. And I walk away from it just with worship. I don't go through step one, step two, step three, step four. Oh, wait, wait a minute. God, are you telling me step five? No, I don't go through a formula. But that is... What I wanted to show you, what I do, how I do it, and it helps me. Now, Ephesians tells us how to hear God. It tells us how to really move into that realm of the secret place. So what I'd like to encourage you online and in the church here, I want to encourage you to read the book of Ephesians this week. There are six chapters. So you start with Monday, chapter 1, Tuesday, chapter 2, and so on, and you conclude chapter 6 on Saturday. So let me just kind of give you just a real quick time frame that you can have with the Lord as you read uh, the book of Ephesians this week. On Monday in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, you could read this, "...in him we have redemption through his blood." the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So if your mind catches the word redemption there in verse 7, it means you were bought with a price. 
you don't even belong to yourself anymore. You belong to God. And what that means is God himself will take care of you. So you were redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Speaking of money, you, you, know, you value what you pay for and how you pay for it. This is what I'm getting from verse 7. Every one of you costs the same to the Lord. The, the blood of the Father's dear Son paid for you so that you are free from sin, so that you can have relationship and faith with God. You are so valuable, you are as valuable as Billy Graham is to the Father because God the Father paid the same for you and Billy Graham. That's from verse 7. So, you know, in the secret place, you begin to say, thank you, Lord, that I am so valuable to you, that I'm very special to you, Lord. You might have been beat up all day long at work, but you get in verse 7, you can say, I am valuable to God. It doesn't matter what happened today. I rejoice because of who I am in Christ. Now, the riches means he will never run out of grace. When it says about the riches, the forgiveness of sins, he'll never run out of grace. What that means, even when I blow it, his grace, there's enough grace for me. That I don't have to live in condemnation because I'm a child of God. So, there is so much in Ephesians 1. I could go on and on. Matter of fact, I'm going to go on and on. Ephesians 1, verse 3 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Blessed us with every spiritual blessing. That's just Monday. Well, Tuesday, you can read Ephesians 2, verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We're family, church. You're not a stranger anymore in God's kingdom. So there is nothing in God's kingdom that you can't have. All the gifts, all the healing, all the peace, all the joy, everything in God's kingdom is yours and mine to have. We can walk with that as children of God, sons and daughters. You are a citizen of a new city called God's kingdom, and it's free to you. God paid for it. That's just a little bit of Tuesday. Well, Wednesday, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. This is the power in us. Did you know that God's power resides in you? God is able to do anything that you ask or think. Anything. The Holy Spirit puts all in there, so that means the word all means all. Everything of God is there. The power is there to do that work. Notice it says immeasurably, or even imagine according to his power. He is able to do it. That's the secret place in one verse on Wednesday. Well, how about Thursday, Ephesians 4, verse 32? You can read this. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. The Holy Spirit can say, you know that person that you work with that is very mean to you? Yeah, I know. Remember that person last year lost their spouse? And their spouse died, and, and they didn't know it. And their spouse left them in debt. She is stressed out financially. 
She gets mad at the ants on the sidewalk that walk in front of her. That's why she's mad at you. You have to understand that. That woman doesn't know me like you know who I am. That's why she is mean. Matter of fact, she was abused as a child and her father left her mom, leaving them poor. I'd like for you to be kind to her because I like her. I have a plan for her. Matter of fact, God will say to you, I love her. I love him. I want you to forgive her. You say, really? You know what she told me yesterday? God says, listen, son, daughter, I forgave you. I forgave you. So Thursday's secret place will change someone else's life. See, a lot of times getting in the Word of God is not always about you and me. Getting in the Word of God is not about, you know, God, what are you going to do for me today? No, it's, it's about you and everybody else. God loves the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and he gave it to you when you were in the world. And so that will bring it to you that you will understand what, what God is doing for you. Well, then let's go to Friday. You might read Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Holy Spirit says, see verse 25, men, you say, yes, I do, Lord. Holy Spirit, what are you trying to tell me? Remember that prayer that's in the bowl that I see every day? Remember the Father? There's a bowl in heaven that all the prayers that you've ever prayed are there, and it reminds him of it every single day. He never forgets what you pray about. I don't know what God, what's wrong with God. It hasn't happened yet. No, he's there. He sees that, but he sees you. Now, you say, yes, I do, but you know what, God? I've been praying that for a long time. It hasn't happened yet. The Lord says, I have a plan how to change your life, sir. You do? What you're going to do is you're going to love your wife and lay down your life for her just like Jesus did for you. That's my plan. See, God changes people. He doesn't just use the word to change others in you, through you. He uses the word to change you to be with others, to be with your wife. By the way, in, in uh, quite a while, five, six, seven weeks, we're going to spend two weeks on marriage. Again, relationship. Every aspect of our life, it's relationship. That's who God is. Serving God is not hmm, having no friends, nothing, being the world is so awful. I just can't be around anybody because I just got to serve God. Wrong. That's from the pit of hell. God has developed a plan for you to relate to one another and to minister to the world, and especially in your home when we begin in a couple weeks talking about family. So you're going to lay down your life, sir, for her just like Jesus did. That's my plan. And he's going to use the word to change you so you can change the atmosphere around your life. Finally, on Saturday, oh boy, this is a whole week. Ephesians 6, verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the strategy of the devil. 
The point is you will never grow to a greater level of hearing God until you begin to open and read the Bible. Whatever level that you are in today, wherever you're at, if you're just born again or you're thinking about being born again, you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you will be saved. It was the work of Christ that did it, not how good you are. So whatever level you're in, that level, let me just say this in a very nice way, that level is worn out. We need to step up to a new level. So we need to get in the Word of God. Okay, I'm done. See you. No, I'm not done. The second way we hear God, here's the weird thing. We hear God by hearing his voice. Ooh. You know, God still speaks today. The enemy is lying and saying he does not, and anybody that hears him is weird. Hebrews 13.8 says he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still speaking. The preachers who say God doesn't speak anymore, let me ask you again, I said this before, well, who called them? I'm called to be a minister. Well, who called them? Someone was speaking. And if they teach this, that God doesn't speak anymore, I think it's the wrong God that spoke to them. God will never tell you anything that is contrary to the Word of God. So if you're hearing something, someone tells you what the Lord said, and you don't find it in Scripture, you stop. Amen. A little wisdom there. John 10.1 says, Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Verse 2. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Shepherd of the sheep, that's Jesus. Verse 3, the watchman opens the gate for him, that is the Father, Father God. And the sheep, that's you and I, listen or hear his voice. Bottom line, you hear his voice. It doesn't say you may, you might, if you go to the right church, if you listen to more blogs, if you do this, you do that. No, it says if you are born again, you hear God's voice. Verse 3 continues, he calls his, son, his own sheep by name and leads them out. It's personal. He knows you. God knows you outside and in. It's you getting to know God. Verse 4, and when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They know his voice. Well, let me tell you, how do you know his voice? You get in the word of God. You know his character. You know what he does, how he sits up and sits down, all the different things, and you know his voice. Yet, verse 5, they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now drop down to verse 27. It says, my sheep listen, or hears my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So according to the Bible, he speaks and we hear his voice. We just got to know, spend time with him to know that voice. Let me give you the example. Many times, I've said this before, Terry will call. She's so cute. When she calls, she goes, hi, it's me. And so sometimes I'm trying to be cute. I say, well, who's me? 
Now, I, I, I don't say that. Why? Because I know her voice. She doesn't have to say it's me. I know it's her. See, why is because just after shy of 40 years, I know my wife's voice. I can be in the foyer and she'll walk in and say something and click. That's Terry. I know it's Terry. Because why? I spend a lot of time with her. It's the same reality. Faith is about relationship. It's about getting in the Word of God and knowing the Lord. That's the answer. Anytime you hear someone say, God told me, and they really heard God and know his voice, they spent time in the secret place. They have relationship, fellowship with God. Anybody that says, you know, I, I know what God's saying, I think God, you know, you might want to check that. But I know Terry's voice, and I know God's voice. I spent a lot of time with Terry. I spent a lot of time with God. Well, <laughs> I heard this before. To tell you the truth, God's voice and Terry's voice is pretty similar. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> or like E.F. Hutton, you know, I listen. That's how simple it is. We dive in. Now, I am not against teachings on faith. I do it all the time. You know, the Sower Sows a Word series, all the different things that we've done. But I want you, it's just simplistic. It's relationship with the Word of God. It's knowing the Word of God is not just words on a piece of paper. It is God himself speaking. That's how simple it is. Then, once you do that, you will know when he speaks to your spirit or even an audible voice. You can hear God clearly, and I can too. It's not that, you know, you've gone to Bible college or you've spent 10 years reading the Bible. No, you just start. You will get to know God very quickly. Why? Because, remember, his greatest desire is to spend time with you. <clears throat> you have a direct line because you are a believer in Jesus Christ. So spend time in God's presence and his word. Hebrews 9.14, look at this. It says, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Remember two weeks ago? Dead works is not having faith, which is not hearing the word or his voice, which produces that faith. So God never intended for you to live by your conscience. Your conscience has a purpose, but he's never intended for you to live by your conscience, but intended for you to live by his voice. His voice comes with the word of God, reading the word, and his voice comes by him speaking to your heart or an audible voice. So when God created Adam, he said, you know, you can eat from every tree. Remember, including the tree of life he could eat from. But only one tree you can't. And that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Another word for the knowledge of good and evil or that tree is, is conscience. Or the tree of conscience, your knowledge, your ability. So our conscience is to convict us and bring us to Christ. But once you come to Christ, you live by his voice. That's why if you don't live by the word and his voice, your conscience will be condemned constantly. 
The enemy will come in and condemn you and tell you you're no good. And your conscience will tell you, I'm no good. Or I got to do this better. Or I got to do more work. I got to do this. I got to do that to be a better Christian. No, no. You need to relate with God. Let your faith grow by getting in the word and hearing his voice. God doesn't want you to live by your knowledge or your conscience, but by his voice. See, when I'm reading the word of God, I'm not reading a piece of paper. I'm reading God speaking to me. It is personal. It it would be like Terry sitting next to me and talking to me. And that's the word of God. You need to see the word of God as personal. It's relationship. And how many of you spouses, your, your spouse told you something and you didn't get it right away? Your spouse ever tried to say something to you and you didn't get what they said? God knows. We just need to keep listening. But the more you know who he is by reading the word, then you'll know his voice or his character. See, his voice, literally, you could say is his character. Grow in love with the word of God. The third point to hear God is you hear God through counsel. Let me read you some scripture quickly. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So there could be wrong counsel. Proverbs 11, verse 14. Where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. I feel safe at Valley Community Church. The world talks about being safe all the time. I feel safe because there are people that know God. Excuse me. And when they speak, they speak the counsel of God. When they quote scripture, they quote the counsel of God. There are, are counselors that I would never go to. I'm talking about professional counselors. And there are professional counselors I would go to. And I'll tell you why in a moment. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. Without counsel, Proverbs 15, 22, without counsel, plans go awry, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Your life is established through counsel. And again, it's not really talking about sitting down in an office for an hour and paying $100 an hour. That, if you need that, that's okay. But the reality is, is just sitting with the family of God, attending church, being in Bible studies, being in home groups, going out to lunch after church, doing things, just spending time with the V-Fam. Amen? Spending time with the family of God. Proverbs 19, verse 20, 21. Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. See that? The Lord's counsel That will stand. This is the number one way people miss God, no counsel. I can't tell you how many times people have come to me and said, help me, pastor. And I said, what's going on? Well, I I did this and this and this and this, and now I'm in trouble. Can you help me? 
Why didn't you come to me before? I would have told you, no, don't do that. I don't run anybody's life. And you'll find out I will lead you to Scripture, and the Scripture will say no. But a lot of times, you know, we're, we're running around, we're going to do our own thing, and, and we know it. I'm, I'm grown up. I can do this, and I, I can do all things. through. We even quote Scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we don't get counsel, and we make decisions, and it blows up in our face, and we blame God, and we blame our spouse, we blame our family, we blame our friends, we blame our pastor. You know what? I've learned to have really strong shoulders. Pastors get blamed all the time. Well, if you would have heard God for me, I'm not to hear God for you. I'm to hear God for what I'm to teach. You're to hear God for you. <laughs> not many amens there. But, but pastor, it's the number one way people miss God. The reason why many need counsel is because many believers spend little time in God's word and in his presence. But you still get counsel even if you spend 24-7 with God. How do you know at times you hear one thing from your spouse and you think they said another? And you act on that and they look at you and they say, what are you doing that for? Well, that's what you said. That's not what I said. So you get in the Word, start hearing God and learning about that. There are times God will say something and you heard something else. Amen. Why? Because it's relationship. Relationship. It's called godly or biblical counsel. I still need counsel. Now, what is ungodly counsel? Ungodly counsel doesn't have Scripture in it. That's ungodly. It's not that it's, it's not right, but it's ungodly. Because even if it's right, you could still go to extreme and blow it. But if you hear scriptural counsel, then you will hear God's heart. And guess what? God's always right. See, I've learned after almost 40 years, Terry's always right. <laughs> I'm going to have conversations after the sermon today. Many people ask for counsel, but few people heed counsel. Um, I, I've learned that years ago, that people will ask counsel, but they'll still do their own thing. But they ask for counsel, and it's like they go in there to, to have someone wrong so they can do what they think is right. And so they don't heed the counsel, they do it. And then they, I went to a pastor, I went to this counselor, and they told me this. And so I went ahead because I knew what I was supposed to do. They didn't help. Really? No, we didn't heed the counsel. Godly counsel never, ever, ever contradicts the word. So, conclusion of that is there is a bunch of counsel out there that is plainly stupid. Foolishness. Unscriptural. And we listen to it. The reason why 
is we spend more time with the ungodliness than we do with this and having a passion to hear God. The last way to hear God, now this is a biggie, all right? You're going to just hear this. You're going to go out of here going, oh, man, I didn't realize how simple being with God is and how much fun being with God uh, is when we absolutely hear the voice of the Lord. It will help you in every area of your life. Last way to hear God is his peace. Having his peace. So we talked about his word, his voice, his counsel, and now his peace. Colossians 3 verse 15, but hang on with me. Don't, don't back away from me. <clears throat> I know that roast is in the oven, but I'll, I'll get done in time. It's, it's going to be maybe medium well instead of medium, but I'll get done. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Rule. What does rule mean? It means it overtakes everything else. To which also you were called in one body and be thankful. So peace and thankfulness coincides. So let peace rule means govern or arbitrate, to govern or to arbitrate. Let the peace of God rule, arbitrate, or make the decision. Do you have peace about it or not? Now, when you lose your peace, stop, back up, and get your peace again. Let me me just say something, and then I'm going to give you why. When you lose your peace, doesn't mean it's not yes. When you lose your peace, doesn't mean that's not what you're supposed to do. That's where Christians sit for years wondering, God, when are you going to do this for my life? Okay, let me tell you what peace arbitrates or rules in your life. Listen very closely. Peace doesn't measure yes or no. God's peace does not measure whether it's yes or no. Peace is about the timing of the Lord. It's about the timing of the Lord. I thought God I, I thought, God, that you wanted me to do this. I, I had a dream. I did this. And when I was 17, and now I'm 27, and, and I, 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 just, I just don't feel right right now. I don't, because it's about the timing, not the yes or no. Remember we talked earlier about faith? Dead faith, dead works. Maybe there's areas of our life that God needs to work with until that takes place. Because sometimes if there's a prosperity that God has given you in a business, job, whatever, when that prosperity comes, maybe you don't have the character to handle it yet. It's the right thing to do what you're doing, but you have to move forward in the area and allow God to change you. Why? How? By hearing his voice, knowing his word, knowing who he is, and because you know who he is, then you know 
who you are and how you respond to situations in your life. Did you get that? I mean, it's amazing. When we get to that place, well, I just don't have peace about it. So what are you going to do? I'm not talking to you, other people outside our church. So what are you going to do? Nothing. What are you going to do? I'm going to quit school. I don't feel peace about it. Oh, really? I'm going to quit this job because I just don't have peace. Really? Why, why couldn't, what are you going to do after that? I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll live in dad and mom's basement. Well, maybe dad and mom don't want you to live in their basement. <laughs> I'm just saying. So it's about the timing of the Lord. Let the peace of God rule. You are to do it, buy it, but peace is about when. When. If you're not willing to read the Bible, if you're not willing to spend time in his presence, if you're not willing to heed counsel, and you're going to charge ahead, even if you don't have peace, I can't help you hear God. Because this is scriptural, how you hear God. Again, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, their greatest desire is to spend time with you, to relate with you. Their greatest desire is not to correct your wrongs. They've already done that. They've already prepared a lifestyle that, that being self-corrected because you have the Holy Spirit in you. But there are times you have to learn, grow. There are times you need counsel. But see what God is doing. He's just... This is where the change is going to happen. This is where our faith will just explode in our life and our belief with God because we don't let all this distraction just beat us up and get us to a place where we, we're confused. Does God want this? God, he doesn't want this. Does, is God saying now? God saying, you know, all this... And when you take these four things that Scripture tells us to do in hearing God, you're going to just allow it. See, God doesn't say, just have peace. Oh, I feel good about it. I feel good. Oh, someone just slapped you in the face. I feel good about it. I have peace. The enemy's attacking me. You know, you know how we get that? Why is that? It's because we haven't been in the Word. We don't hear His voice. And there are times that it just looks like it's time. But in, the, in your spirit, you're going, oh, just, there's just some other things. Don't move forward. Don't move forward until you hear it, until you know it. And there are times you don't have peace, but the Lord is saying other things in your life. And you say, okay, man, this is, this is not easy. So what do you do? You go get counsel, scriptural counsel. Because if you don't get scriptural counsel, you know what you're going to get? I wouldn't do it. If God wants you to do it, I wouldn't do it. That's too hard. Go the easy route. Right? So 
How come, here's my last question, and then I'm going to say just a couple more sentences and we'll be done. We're going to be done early. Maybe not. No, we're going to be done early. Here it is. The Lord absolutely loved that five seconds you were with him this week. That five seconds that you heard his voice and you had an emotional attraction to him. Five seconds. He just absolutely loved it. He probably said, did you see that to Jesus? I'm sorry, right hand of the Father. Did you see that? Amen. Just realize when you get in the Bible, it's not, I gotta know. Oh, if only if I could know scripture in the worship area like Pastor Ryan. If only I could know the prophetic area like Pastor Ryan or, or the word, the Greek word, or like Pastor Dan. I mean, can you imagine the intimacy Terry and I would have if I say, Honey, let's go celebrate our anniversary. Did you know the Greek word of this? You're going to look at me. Anyways. If you will read his word, spend time with God in his presence. If you will heed godly scriptural counsel and only move forward in the finality of the decision when you have peace, you will become an expert in hearing God. Yeah. You will be an expert. You, you may never come up on this platform and teach, preach. You might not start a church. Very few people do. Very few are called to that. But the reality is, you will be who God called you to be and you will succeed in everything he planned for you in your future because you've been become an expert in hearing God. Can we stand, please? Amen. Amen. To those that are watching,